Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we'll learn some amazing bowling secrets and all about P. Diddy's soft, moist hands. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm big time Gene O'Neill. You know, Gene O'Neill has earned the right to introduce himself in the opening segment. A lot of other guests are not sure what to do. Gene is here. He knows what the fuck is going on. Yeah, hit the ground running. Let's not uh, let's not dilly dally at the top. I'm sick and tired of dilly dalliers. Sure. Ten years, guys. Get right into the show. Did, Just right into the show. Did, Nobody's wasting any time. Did you guys know that it has been ten no years? No needless chatter. <laughs> Anyway, weather outside is beautiful today. <laughs> sure. this week's it's a Sunday, um, which in the Bible was God's day of rest. Uh, did you guys know that we... Here's Lady Gaga with singing. Did you guys know that we invented The Sound of Young America 10 years ago? Today? Yeah, Yes, 10 years ago today. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Pretty this good. It's been a very long day. Well, not we. You and I did. Yeah, you and me and Matt Dobbs. Yeah, and then Jordan usurped. I was a Johnny-come-lately. Yeah, yeah, you came literally two, three weeks into the operation. <laughs> yeah. if, uh, if the sound of Young America was Roseanne, I'm David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after the show had already taken off and it was a huge success. Yeah. Jordan I just came jumped on the bandwagon. Reap to reap the rewards. <laughs> yeah. If you guys were a, ch- a Hollywood child star... Do you think that you would pursue further artistic pursuits or get out? I think it depends on the success we've enjoyed. Let's I, think, say, I, think the main, I think the main factor with that is clearly if you're a Hollywood child star, you're cute. It's like, was puberty kind to you? I think that's like the main thing is like, oh, or do you continue to be cute or are you just some like weird goblin now? Let's, let's, get, let's get specific then, okay? Sure. Let's say you're the half man from Two and a Half Men. Sure. I don't know what his name is. I don't even know what his character's name is. Oh, is that a, what it is? His, his real name and character name is John Fatso. <laughs> okay, let's say you're that fella. I thought Two and a Half Men was that John Cryer and Charlie Sheen are both so much man. <laughs> they're each one and a one point two five men. <laughs> the, the child doesn't actually exist. It's just like this uh, familiar manifestation of their uh, of their extra masculinity. <laughs> yeah. No one else. No one else can see it. <laughs> Okay, so you're that kid. At one point, you were adorable, right? You were fucking really cute, I guess, and that's how you got cast. You were a little fat kid with glasses or whatever it is. Now you're, I don't know, how long has that show been on the air? Five, six years? So he's got to be 15 or 16 years old. I think that's, I think that's, that's like a, that's like a, that's like a, like a 10 year institution now. Is it really? I think so. Has it been that long? Yeah. Okay. So you're, so you're in your mid thirties. <laughs> yeah. All right. You're this kid. <laughs> you're twice you're, divorced. <laughs> you're deciding whether you still want to be a child star. Well, you could have, here's the thing. You could have a career, right? I mean, that kid could probably work as an actor for the rest of his life. He might have a shitty career. Like, he might end up, like, going through periods where he, you know, is doing, you know, uh, uh, debt play- reduction commercials. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, he plays like uh, an ironic version of himself on Entourage. Right, but I mean, I think you, the three of us are, you know, we're in show business to varying extents. Sure. Right. And um, if someone offered any of us a debt reduction commercial, I think any of us would seriously consider accepting, right? Actors act, right? Yeah, exactly. Doesn't a, matter where it it's is. It's a gig. If you're, <laughs> if you're an artist like Eugene or like me, right. then you act. Now, if you're a dilettante like Jordan... You know, you're just some TV guy who happens to go out on acting auditions. Sure. Me and, me, what I'm trying to say is me and Gene have roots in the theater. Um, oh, okay. The like theater. You guys, like, you guys are, like you guys are craftsmen. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. We're, we're craftsmen, like a building with exposed beams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a lot of built-ins. Uh, no, but in, in all sincerity, what, which do you think you would choose? I'm I'm keen to learn because I I heard something about this kid yesterday and it made me the two and a half men kid the two and a half men kid okay. and it made me wonder what choice I would make in that position. Doesn't the Malcolm in the Middle kid? Doesn't he like just race like in the like Monaco GP <laughs> or something yeah. like that? Yeah, he totally he took his money from that uh, movie where he was a fourteen year old James Bond and uh, put it all into uh, exposed wheel racing. Sure, F one F one racing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I it's uh, a good question. I I don't know. I would hope I would have the I would hope I would have the you know, self-awareness to see whether or not I was good. Because, you know, there Let's are Let's pretend some... you don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, then yeah, I'm uh I'm I'm doing all I'm doing all kinds of crazy shit. I'm having a I'm having a webisode. I'm are, do, do I'm you think... being seen publicly with porn stars. Because here's the thing. I mean, I know that I I quit acting. Uh, when I was, you know, you know, I went to acting school as a teen, but I quit acting because I had no, I didn't have enough of a burning desire to act to go through the just relentless humiliation that is trying to get a job as an actor. Let's be straight, Jesse. Acting quit you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Hollywood wouldn't have me. I was too handsome. <laughs> that was the problem. I I was popping off the screen. Sure, you were so handsome. It bad. reads as ugly on camera. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I, I sincerely, I, you guys have not offered any answers at oh, all sure. to this question. Oh, well, I'm sure I would just probably throw my life away on drugs anyway. So I would hope <laughs> I could have the Edward Furlong type career and still get cast as drug addicts. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is that what Edward Furlong's up to these days? I think so, yeah. I think he still gets work as uh, a burnout. No, oh, how about that? Well, that's, that sounds like a, good, a decent plan. There's a part of me that wonders if I would have some other passion that I could use my three and two and a half man money to pursue. Yeah, uh, probably not. Here's a, uh, yeah, here's, here's, Here's so I feel like when I uh when I first moved to LA like uh a a, a kind you know the a kind of guy you see a lot in LA and I guess I'm sure other cities have permutations of this guy but in LA it's the you know it's the guy who's sitting at Starbucks with the laptop open to final draft and you know he and he's there like at two o'clock on a Tuesday or something like that and uh, I always had just like you know, massive amounts of disdain for this kind of guy. Like, look at him, like, look at you. You, okay, you know, fucking live it up now, but later you'll be getting your commercial real estate license or something, you know, or or whatever. Or you just have, you know, you have your family money and you, you know, you can have some weird development <laughs> I can't deals. wait to laugh at your misery. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, now, now I'm, uh, now just like, uh, now, just like having you know, having a, a job that's like you know 
a super ton of hours a week. And, you know, I feel a little bit like my non-job creative projects kind of fall by the wayside. Uh, I feel like I'm looking at that guy with, like, a little bit of longing and envy now. <laughs> like, just sitting there in his, like, dragon t-shirt. With his pumpkin macchiato. Yeah, exactly. Just just with the leisure to just, like, sit around and be creative. And, uh, his $200 flip-flops. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so... Uh, Are pumpkin macchiatos back yet? I don't know what that is. It's a seasonal thing. Uh, yeah, it's an a autumn season, thing. It's a seasonal oh, drink. Jeez, it's three months away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Time to take some pills. <laughs> just to wait. Jeans, uh, so Jeans no, I, wall I, just has a giant wall calendar with a bunch of red X's yeah. through it. Hey, and then there's a yeah, well, there's two lines. There's a red one for pumpkin macchiato and a blue one for the McRib. <laughs> just freeze me and wake me up when it's back. <laughs> yeah. Um, so no, I kind of I, I kind of like uh, am starting to envy a little bit that you know, luxury to just kind of sit around and pursue like a fancy, like, and Jordan, I think when I you are you, though, a child star, you can do that. I don't think you have the self-regard that is required to make it through the, um, the part of that job where, uh, you're not getting anywhere and it's all a facade. Like, <laughs> sure. you know what I mean? Like, I feel like those people, like, I, I'm, you're describing a situation where that person with the laptop open to final draft, sitting at the expensive coffee shop. Oh, uh, in the I know, we, I, know we, I know if you, if you, uh, you probably, I, I, I know I'm explaining this too late. Final draft is a screenwriting program. Yeah, it's Sorry. a program that you use to write, a, to write screenplays. I, I feel like you're describing that person as though that person is sitting there doing that because they're successful in the field of screenwriting. Sure. And yes, yeah, I know I that's like not I know it's not the case. Every time I see that person, I'm more inclined to think that they're either not actually doing anything sure. or what they're doing is terrible. Or well, there's obviously a terrible person. Um it's the kind of person that these people are buying. They spend their real amount of time buying T-shirts at Nordstrom's. Sure, at the Brass Plum. I would like to. Well, th- can I just <laughs> that's say the that the girls' department, Jesse? <laughs> okay, yeah. Sorry, I'm someone who has worked at Nordstrom's. Sorry, you're thinking of the rail. Sorry, that's the hip men's department. But well, I would like to think what I would be doing would be good. Sorry. I'm the guy at the other end of the spectrum. I'm the guy who is persistently, tenuously employed, free to indulge his uh, <laughs> creative <laughs> pursuits whenever he wants. And uh, wishing I always had enough money to uh, pester the Starbucks guy to check in back for any leftover pumpkin macchiato mix. (laughs) Or that I had money to shop at Nordstrom's. I think I'm wearing the same clothes I graduated in. (laughs) You are wearing a graduation gown. (laughs) And you did come here in an open-wheeled race car. (laughs) So we can tell that you are pursuing your passions. If you were pursuing it, do you guys feel like there is a passion in your life that you would actually pursue? If you given the opportunity to pursue your passions, like we have a buddy, our buddy Tyler from college, uh, who's been on this show, who's been on Jordan Jesse Go. Tyler uh, won the Amazing Race, won half a million dollars on the Amazing Race because he, you know, splits it with his buddy. Uh, and you know that doesn't that only ends up being two hundred fifty thousand or something after taxes. But, yeah, it's barely even worth it. But he's, <laughs> yeah. he he went ahead and spent you know five years pursuing his passions. You know, making documentary films and paragliding and whatever, making all who know them feel bad about their existence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, so like he he had a pr- passion to pursue, and when I found out that he did that. I was like, God, I have no idea what I would do if something like that, if I had the, if I had the uh, ability to pursue my passions. I certainly wouldn't want to do anything scary. 
like jump off of a cliff or with a you know a kite sail or whatever it is that Tyler does. You know what I mean? Yeah. You would just upgrade every facet of your life now just slightly. Yeah. Evenly distribute that 250k. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would my I would I would move from Brioni to Battistoni. That would be my my move in my sport coats. I would definitely buy a dining room table because I I eat like <laughs> breakfast off of the fold out uh, ironing board in my kitchen. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. So you have a fold out t- ironing board. <laughs> well, yeah. I've, about, I've never ironed on sorry, it. Talk about craftsman built-ins. <laughs> um, it saves a lot of space. No, like I like I I my like my job. Like my job is super fun and uh, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely have have you know you know larger fancies to write a television show or a screenplay or something like I that. I feel like the only passion that's really reasonable to pursue is something that involves defying death. Right. I mean, if you're going to be... Defining death? Defying death. Oh, defying death. Sorry. <laughs> so a dictionary. I was like, wow, this is going to get really abstract. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I'm talking about. Like, you know how, like, uh, like uh, Paul Newman or Steve McQueen or whatever are really into racing motorcycle. We're really into racing yeah. motorcycles. Looking your own mortality in the eye. Yeah, exactly. Waiting for it to blink. Yeah, exactly. Or like some kind of deep sea harpoon fishing, you know, like something really intense where there could be a shark at any time. Like that's the kind of shit that you can legitimately do if you're pursuing, you know, fucking climbing mountains, crossing Antarctica. These are things that if people are like, well, he's independently wealthy, but he's really fucking up to something. Yeah. Not like Richard Branson. Yeah, exactly. The the, The Branson effect. Yeah, Exactly. Building building your own spaceship. That's right. the kind of thing sure. that a person does who and that's the kind of thing that I don't think I have I don't think I'm capable in any of those areas. I don't think there's a single like uh credible thing that I could be doing with my millions of dollars if I became really rich. I would just be going to furniture auctions or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so maybe it's uh, so maybe it's best that you don't go back in time and become a child actor and have to decide what to do with your millions. <laughs> you just idle them away. Yeah, you would idle them a... away at uh, Sotheby's. Your VH1 special would have sucked. <laughs> um, what did you read about the two and a half men kid that prompted this? I heard something. God, I'm trying to think of. I, I, I maybe I was listening to. Uh, Maybe I was listening to our buddy Al Madrigal on Never Not Funny. Maybe that's what it was. Somebody was. You were watching a two and a half minute marathon. <laughs> yeah, I, maybe I was watching a, a behind the scenes DVD uh, about two and a half men. But somebody had said that he was that he has basically made public. You were watching that, the behind the laughs featurette. Yeah, he will. He will continue to be on Two and a Half Men as long as it continues to pay him a million dollars a year. Um, but uh, at the end of that. Uh, he's just going to quit and go to college and just be normal. Uh, what a chump. Uh, yeah. You can't go back. Really? Yeah. Even though even though a guy that we knew in even though a guy that we knew in high school played young Pat in It's Pat the movie. Jesse, I I know you live in Hollywood now, but I grew up in Hollywood mm-hmm. and I knew a few child actors growing up and I know that you can't go back. For a while there one of your younger brothers was a child actor. Does is he done any has he resigned from the field? Uh no, actually he just made a glorious return in the form of a Tatino's pizza commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I see his sour patch commercial a lot. <laughs> yeah, he still hears about that. 
Uh, Bill O'Neill of Sour Patch Kids and uh, Slim Jim's fame. Mm. Ooh, somebody else has Slim Jim's fame, Jordan. It's not just you. Yeah, right. Were you in a Slim Jim's? No, commercial? I. Uh, I almost. Or you're had... famous for eating a lot of Slim Jims. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm famous for smelling kind of like Slim Jims. Um, no, you know there was talk like for, Slim uh... Jims. He's he's well known for his slightly oily surface. <laughs> Sure, and association with early '90s professional wrestling. Um, so I, uh, there was, uh, you know, uh, it, Fuel TV goes just crazy with the like, you know, sponsor-driven content, uh, and kind of in the beginnings of that movement, there was talk that I would have to snap into a Slim Jim before I did anything. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, well, thankfully they were they were they were classy enough to nip that in the bud, but. Uh, yeah, you still got your lifetime supply of Slim Jims. Though. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Have we? I still about... got to hang out with Randy Macho Man Savage for an afternoon. <laughs> Have we talked about talking the... about brand direction? <laughs> Have we talked about the nice man who sent us all the Luna bars? No, a guy. At... Okay, so you got. Oh, I see how it is. You got a crate of Luna bars <laughs> that was supposed to be for both of us, and you've just been hoarding <laughs> all the estrogen to yourself. Has this whole discussion been leading up to? Plugging Luna bars. <laughs> no, our our uh, uh, Mark Marin from the uh, great podcast What the Fuck um, was talking to me at Max FunCon. He was so excited because he had a guy at Red Wing. Now he talked about Red Wing boots on the show, and uh, somebody sent him some uh, new Red Wing boots, which is nice. I mean, Red Wing boots are you know two hundred fifty bucks. They're just no joke. Those are a good thing. That's a high quality boot. All that's right. a man in America. You know, that's a tough boot, and uh, and he was sort of. Frankly, sort of bragging that he had a guy at Red Wing. Typical he, Mark Marin. I know, fucking Marin. Am I right? And uh, you know that's fine. Uh, but what he doesn't know is that we've got a guy at Luna Bar. Oh, hello. Met him after a show. Uh, met him after a show in San Francisco uh, at the when we did. Um, <laughs> he had Monsters- just stolen a box of Luna Bars <laughs> <laughs> from the Ralphs. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I could do this again. <laughs> Just ask, I will do this again. Just mention me on the show. <laughs> I'll steal whatever. <laughs> Even a human. Um, so we've got a friend at Luna Bar, so if you guys need any Luna Bars, our man at Luna I Bar. I need lots well, of Luna Bars. He'll hook us up. I tried to get him to sponsor Jordan Jesse Go and uh <laughs> He wouldn't, he wouldn't go for that. The best there, he could yeah. offer was free Luna Bars. If there's one thing we know at Jordan Jesse Go, it's feminine health. <laughs> <laughs> Luna Bars are all just for ladies. That's like a power bar for ladies, right? That yeah, has, it's like, like estrogen a, in it. It is. It, well, it no, there's no estrogen, estrogen in it. <laughs> hey, no, Luna Bars are good. Yeah. <laughs> they do. They taste good. That's what I Fine, was... I feel effeminate buying them, but it is a good <laughs> power bar or whatever it I is. I had this. Here's what happened. It doesn't make you grow breasts. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> but it's worth it. But then you it's can just take your shirt off and look at yourself in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. No need to, to bother with dating. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gene has made a hood for himself from uh, Luna Bar wrappers that he puts <laughs> over his head when he's doing that particular activity. Sure. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, my, my father-in-law is a big Luna Bar booster too. Now he lives in Marin County. Uh, so, you know, I feel like that's, that's basically. So you guys have something to finally bond over. Yeah. Like I I feel like as sort of black eyed peas are to, you know, the deep South. So, uh, so are Luna Bars to Marin County, California. Um, but you know, he works in a hardware store, so he's got some credibility on the, you know, on the masculinity front and he loves a good Luna bar. Sure. Yeah. 
what's the uh, gene as a Luna bar eater? What are what are the advantages to you know just like a tiger's milk bar or whatever the masculine? Well, all of those. Is. I feel like every one of those like power bars like tastes like a swamp, or they just they don't <laughs> yeah. taste good. A Luna bar is actually <laughs> tasty. Like okay, like you eat it, you're just like, oh, this is good to eat before I work out, I guess. But a Luna bar is like a good snack. It's kind sure. of like a, it's so like it's a kudos like, bar. I was gonna, like, just like a pomegranate Cosmo that you and your gal pals have before you go to see Sex in the City too. Yeah, what of it? <laughs> Uh, we're gonna we're gonna fight. <laughs> Can I ask you guys a sincere question about Sex in the City too? You guys have seen the uh, billboards and posters for Sex in the City, sure, too. where they're uh, they're hanging out in some sort of diamond desert. Have you? That's what I want to know about. Why is it that? I mean, I guess Sex in the City, like a whole thing, is that it's it's very it's fashionable. In a city? Oh no, sorry. No, well, that's a good point as well. But then it's very fashionable, you know, that they're. I guess, you know, they're 50 years old now, and they were never really on the cutting edge. But at least they're in the sort of uh, cutting edge of the mainstream, you know? Like, But why have why do all their posters look like a Master P album cover? Like, all of these... <laughs> like, all they need is, like, a couple of dogs up in one corner and, like, a Bentley in the other corner, and then it would just be a, a Silk the Shaka album. Or maybe No Limit Top Dog yeah. from Snoop Dogg. Well, the, I think the movie was going to be called I Got the Hookup, too. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, that's confusing. Yeah. <laughs> but all the characters from Sex in the City are in this differently yeah. titled movie. But it did have Silk the Shaka. So <laughs> I think so. Is Silk the Shaka the one? One of those guys is Master P's brother, and he murdered someone and is in jail for life. Oh, man. You'd think that you think that after your brother uh, started, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen like the little Romeo cribs, but Master P has like gold ceilings, and you know, like little Romeo when he was like thirteen had like a, a like a golf cart sized Bentley and <laughs> shit like that. Like you think once your brother gets to that point, there's no need for murdering. Yeah. Right. You're you're at the no murdering point. You're at Lil the, Romeo was his son, right? Yeah, Lil Romeo okay. was his son. And Who's I think Lil Bow Wow? Lil Bow Wow is Lil Romeo's arch enemy. Oh, they're rivals. But Lil Bow Wow's known as <clears throat> Bow Wow now, and Lil Romeo is known yeah. as Romeo. Not so <laughs> Lil anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's bigger. Huh? Not big. I wouldn't say big, but bigger than he was before. He's still very wiry. Get his growth spurt. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well. All this and more coming up <laughs> on Jordan Jesse. Wait, we have Go. to do all this again? <laughs> Verbatim, I wasn't paying attention. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Big time, Gene O'Neill. You know what time you know what time of year it is, Jordan? Hmm. A lot of people have been asking me, Jesse, what time of year is it? <laughs> sure. <laughs> They're confused. You, you, hang, around, you hang out uh, around a lot of like coma patients. <laughs> well, yeah. It's also an unseasonably cool spring, and a lot of my friends are very forgetful. Yeah, and if you don't have pumpkin macchiatas to tell you, <laughs> you're screwed. Um it's pledge drive time, my friends. Mm-hmm. It's it's the max fun drive. Oh. What? No oh, so that's why I'm here. Yeah, well, you're you're everyone's yeah, favorite guest, right? That's what I don't hear from you guys for a year. Of course, I hear from you when it's pledge week. You're like the <laughs> yeah. Four well, we invite people over and then ask them for money. <laughs> yeah. In- Will you personally donate, Gene? Gene, here's the thing: <laughs> <laughs> the pledge drive just to get me to donate. Yeah, we made. A- we're, we're not even recording this. <laughs> we- 
We made a hey, list these of, microphones aren't even plugged in. We made a list of past Jordan Jesse Go friends, and we ranked them by richness. You were at the top. <laughs> Yikes. So we brought you in. <laughs> we're like, is Gene, is Gene still riding his bike from North Hollywood to <laughs> Silver Lake? It's a pretty yep. nice bike. <laughs> it is a good bike. You got a nice bike these days. I saw you got one of those smaller U-locks that, that's better for keeping people from stealing your bike. Yeah. Because you don't want... like 30 bucks. Because you can't get... That way people can't get a pry bar in there. Yeah. Is that what it is? You can't get a pry bar in there? Uh, I don't know what that is. Well, you, you know, like a, you know, the U locks are. They used to be like uh, they used to be nine inches, and now they're like six inches. Oh, right, you know right, what right. I'm talking about. Yeah, and they're. Are you now. still talking about two and a half men, Jesse? Because I think <laughs> you're mispronouncing John Cryar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, that was all right. <laughs> but yeah, it's better than my old security system of hiding my bike under a sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> putting, it, putting it in your shoe. Yeah. <laughs> Before it was asking for it. Yeah. Um, we have our goal, Jordan, 1,000 new donors during this pledge drive. Mm. Um, here's, here's the reason why we're doing this. Um, we're, uh, we're trying to pay people more. That's part of my goal. Jordan, hopefully you'll be paid more. Sure. Uh, we're talking about paying the Stop Podcasting Yourself guys more. Uh, we're talking about bringing on some new staff members. I'd like to have some staff members. Yeah. On the Sound of Young America. I'd probably pay Gene more to be here. Gene, <laughs> Jesse Gene would like you... his slipper, bedroom slippers encrusted with diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and uh, we're, we're well on our way. I think we've fallen a little bit behind the pace. Uh, we're not quite where I would like us to be, but we're close. You may be anticipating a second wind. I think we're. I'm, I'm looking forward to a second wind, frankly, Jordan. Mm. Especially because we're doing this. Uh, Gene, you're, you're still you're still going to come by for the Max Fun Marathon uh, on Friday night, right? Oh yeah, that's right. I signed up for that a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> And then proceeded to forget and make a bunch of other plans. I figured I'd be dead by then. So, <laughs> hey, still time, man. No, no still time. <laughs> you have a whole week to kill yourself. <laughs> Listen, I heard the McRib might be coming back. That might be your best. Ah, bet. damn it! All right, I'll be around. Um, uh, our goal is one thousand new donors. So far, we have four hundred and fifteen new donors with with the donation from Joseph Weiger, Weezer, Weiser. Visor? Cryer. John Cryer. With the donation from John Cryer, that brought us to 415. We're about halfway through the pledge drive right now, and uh, we're, what, what's that, 40% of the way there? So we're doing okay. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty happy. We've got some good thank you gifts if people want to donate, but the real reason to donate, as far as I'm concerned, is uh, the happy feeling you get when you listen to something that you supported. Sure. We got a lot of calls. I spent uh, four hours yesterday uh, listening to uh, calls for Jordan Jesse Go. Um, and uh, there were a lot of momentous occasion calls from people who had just donated, and they were all about how glad they felt that they had uh, supported something they liked. And not one of them was someone saying, I just donated and I still feel like shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's unprecedented that that happened, so that's definitely not going to happen to you if you donate. Yeah, well, one guy had sold his shoes so that he could donate, mm -hmm. and he, he was calling to say that the ground was spikier than he remembered. <laughs> <laughs> Um, to be fair, he does live in Porcupine Village. You can visit 
MaximumFun.org slash donate to give. Uh, MaximumFun.org slash donate. And uh, it's easy. It's easy to do. You don't even notice the money. Uh, it's a tiny, it's a small amount of money. Even if you're given 20 bucks a month, it, it, it's, uh, it, when it's coming automatically, it, it won't bother you the slightest when it uh, goes. Uh, MaximumFun.org slash donate. Okay, we'll, we'll be back in just a second with more of Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Big time, Gene O'Neill. Great to have Big Time back, huh? Absolutely. Great back, to be back. Back and better than ever. Really? Yeah. Is there a difference? Yeah, you've, you've, you've grown. been shitty in the past. <laughs> You no, know, it's just less feet. worse than before. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it is, Gene? I think uh, there's there's pathos there. There's a little bit more supporting the jokes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't have that before, huh? You got a lot of heart. I only had bathos. <laughs> 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 oh, gentlemen, I am Do you guys do I look different to you at all? Do I do I look I don't know, more liberated, more free? You're not wearing any pants. <laughs> I I am living the bachelor lifestyle this weekend, gentlemen. You do have gentlemen. sucker fishes all over you. Oh, <laughs> oh man, is the uh, ball and chain out of town? The old ball and chain's out of town. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. And you, and you know what they the say. cat is away. The gander can play. Because <laughs> that cat's not chasing him around anymore. We said that before yeah. we started podcasting. When the cat's away, the mice fuck. <laughs> <laughs> when the cat's away, the mice cheat on, cheat on the cat, who they're married to. <laughs> it's an abusive relationship, to be fair. <laughs> so it may, it's probably not immoral for them to cheat. So uh, I mean, I I could already tell that uh, that your wife was out of town, Jesse, when I came in because one of your Netflix is Five Hundred Days of Summer. <laughs> so seems like you're written all those movies that the wife is too square to like. Absolutely, I've got I've got it all. Everything from Sleepless in Seattle to uh, you know, what what's that movie? Bringing Up Baby. Yep. <laughs> Screwball comedies. I love black, old black and white movies. My wife won't let me watch them. Sure. Court of Rocky Road. <laughs> Absolutely. You. you notice you notice that empty empty pint uh, empty pint thing on my uh, stomach. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Your descended belly. <laughs> I mean, so much ice cream. I've lost the power to words. Um, yeah, I feel I, I'm feeling pretty good. I fried myself some chicken last night. Yeah, I said to myself. Jeez. I know, right? Man, I can't wait till I get married and my wife goes out of town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna fry chicken like there's no tamari. I feel, but I wonder if I'm missing anything. I have um, my wife doesn't come home until about eight fifty this evening. Mm. Uh, we're recording this around between ten and noon in the morning, um, and I'm wondering if there's I wonder if, they, if there's things that I should be pursuing uh, in that six hour window, whether it be uh, uh, you know you know trying to fuck a stripper or. <laughs> Rearranging all of her stuffed animals in your bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> the way you want them arranged. Whatever. Tallest to smallest. <laughs> whatever. Frankly, I want them arranged by genus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Teresa doesn't believe in evolution. <laughs> she doesn't. <laughs> she has them arranged two by two. <laughs> and the dinosaurs are with the cavemen. <laughs> yeah. 
The dinosaur stuffed animals are with the cavemen stuffed yeah. animals. They existed at the same time. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, it's kind of exciting. I, um, uh, I, 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 but there's a there's a way in which when you are married, you realize as soon as your other person goes, like how much you've built your life around being married, and the extent to which you. I really like. You know, my wife left at one o'clock in the afternoon yesterday. This is not a long trip, and, uh, and you haven't bathed since. <laughs> yeah, like within four hours, I was completely aimless. Had no idea what to do with myself. Like I went, I took the dog on an extra long walk because <laughs> you forgot those... where you lived. <laughs> <laughs> those long walks your wife disapproves of so much. <laughs> I, I don't like you being out of the house for half an hour. I I really like I really like didn't I like I felt like I didn't know what to do. Like I did laundry. Man, how have we gone this long without a whoops? Oh yeah. <laughs> That was good. Yeah, we should have. <laughs> like, I found myself just. Doing... Hey, Jesse, when you're editing this, just insert, just insert some uh, whip sounds. Yeah, that d- uh, degrade you. I I found myself doing some. Uh, I found myself doing some chores that I wouldn't have otherwise done. Like, what is what kind of reaction is that to um uh to being alone? Just working, doing extra chores. Yeah, well, I don't know. But next time she leaves, plan something. What kind of thing should I plan? Plan trip a trip to Catalina. Yeah, yeah. a to surprise Catalina. party in her honor. For <laughs> when she comes back and then just spend, spend the uh, entire time she's gone planning it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I could uh... make a list of all the problems you had with her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a good time for reflection, is what you're saying. Yeah, and then write them on her mirror, and like how stick. she doesn't shake up the mustard or something. So when you put the mustard on your uh, ham sandwich, the I mustard water the you mustard get mustard juice. water. Yeah. Which drives you nuts? Yeah, because it gets you. It makes your bread soggy. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a great idea, actually. Okay, so we'll. I'll. I'll compile a list, list of, of grievances. Uh, list of grievances. And uh, when she comes back, I'll, I'll give her a kiss and uh, a little. Better to give her the list first. Really? Then the kiss. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Just to let her know there's no hard feelings. Yeah. <laughs> you know the saying, Jesse. First the list, then the kiss, <laughs> <laughs> then the tip. <laughs> When the goose penis. gives the list, <laughs> the, cat the cat fucks the mice. It's <laughs> uh, an old chant from uh, the Dark Ages. Jordan, it has to do with... Uh, Jordan, I feel like your life has been no less upside down yeah, lately. Yeah, like bananas. You're like, I mean, you, obviously, you're a member of the Jet Set. Sure. We all know that you're a member of the Jet Set. You fly hither and thither. Fro and Sometimes yawn. yawn, yeah. Yeah. Don't forget yawn. Um, and w- when you're doing this, you're 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 you're, you're traveling. You're going to Tulsa. You're going to sure. Boulder. Mm-hmm. You're going to uh, uh, Orlando, Florida. Corrales, New Mexico. Sure. Taos. Butte. Butte, Montana. You've got many of the western states and even some of the southeastern sure. states well covered. Mm-hmm. And you're often traveling. I mean, what? Four days a week, sure. Um, but am I wrong in thinking that you've basically just been traveling continuously for like two weeks straight? Yeah, yeah, I have been gone a lot. And uh, one one thing that I did was I did the uh, kind of the press events for this uh, movie coming out called uh, "Get Him to the Greek." Sure, starring Jonah Hill. Sure, uh, uh, the, uh, the movie establishing that now there is a forgetting Sarah Marshall verse. 
Um, <laughs> did you? Uh, can I ask you a question about Jonah Hill? You may. When I you spent s- some time with the man. When you see a Jonah Hill movie, do you find yourself thinking that he's the luckiest man on earth? And I want to clarify this. Sure. Not because he isn't talented, because I think he is actually very talented and funny. But because you think he's fat and ugly. No, but just because he's a mo- he's starring in movies. Like they're like most other talented, funny people aren't starring in movies. You know what I mean? Most of the people who are starring in movies are like Paul Rudd, where he is talented and funny and very, very handsome in a very approachable way. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jonah Hill, very normal looking guy right. who somehow and, you know, very funny, but he doesn't, you know, he's not like act, he's not like making a scene like Jim Carrey or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he's women don't want him and to, men don't want to be him necessarily. Yeah. Men think he seems like a decent guy. Yeah. Men don't have anything against him. They like him generally, but they don't admire him. Right. Men wouldn't mind running into him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'd like to shake his hand They'd and say it would be pretty cool. They'd like to <laughs> shake his hand and say, hey, good work in, in those movies you've been in. I, I've, uh, I've enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, there's, it seems like uh, he's sort of like a, a funny, a genial, mild-mannered guy. Uh, but he's the star of major motion pictures uh, with uh, P. Diddy. Yeah, sure. Uh, who, I've, who I've also got to meet recently. Really? Yeah. Oh, did he look like, do you look really glowy? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I shook his hand and it was covered in lotion. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. He had lotioned up recently. Good. Uh, moisturizing is clearly important. Did you him. botch a multi-step handshake with him? I did, yeah. I just bailed after step two and then pretended like I was going to sleep. Jordan actually, Jordan thinks that black people shake each other's hands by going to the regular shake your hand motion and then scratching the palm like an elementary school game of murder. Sure. And then yelling, we're black. (laughs) We're going Um, psych before slicking his hair back and walking off all cool. And then Um, doing the uh, Pee Wee Herman dance. Just two tequila. <laughs> so the, get them get them to the Greek. The premise of this is Russell Brand and uh, uh, Russell Brand and uh, Jonah Hill. Russell Brand's a, the rock star from Forgetting Sarah yeah, Marshall. Yeah. And then I really like Forgetting Sarah Marshall. By the way, um, he's the rock. And then Jonah Hill is like the is if I remember correctly. He's the waiter from the restaurant in Hawaii. Well, here's the uh, here's here's the here's the, here's that here's the thing that'll be a point of contention on message boards everywhere <laughs> is that uh, Russell Brand is his same character, Jonah Hill, different character. Really? Uh huh. Is he like his twin, like in the City Slickers too? The Legend of Curly's <laughs> Gold. <laughs> no, uh, I, unless I miss something, they don't mention it. They don't mention. Well, too bad. He does not like. You look familiar. He's like, I don't know why. You know, there's no. And he's like, like city folk. Yeah, sure. I feel like John Lovitz. I feel I'm like, in this one. I feel like this is That's being. Right. I feel like this is being discussed right now on forums, but because there aren't really any, get him to the Greek forums to argue about this. It's mostly just on far as regular, r- like regular forums where there's a built-in user group. But not a lot of stuff to discuss anymore, like maybe a Farscape forum or a <laughs> Starman forum. Sure. Um, yes, they they occasionally will take a suggestion as to as to what might be the news topic of discussion. Uh, uh, so is this now? Usually, when you go to these things, it's either L.A. or New York, right? Yeah, yeah. But this one, they uh, they. In this movie, they like go to you know it's it's Jonah Hill trying to make get Russell Brand to 
you know, go from London to L.A. And they stop at a bunch of uh, colorful places along the way. So they Paris, like, Milan. Uh, uh, London. London. Uh, they go to London, New York, Vegas, L.A. And okay. then uh, so they, they did little little press stops in all of those cities, uh, which was great. It was super fun. Uh, I had never been to London before. So you did all of them? I did all of them, yeah. Now, well, here's the thing, because here's here's what perplexes me. Sure. Your, your job is to interview these movie stars. Yes. Um, and a great job it is. You do a great job of it. You <laughs> make these hilarious segments for the Fuel TV. Sure. Thank you. Um, now, movie stars live in Los Angeles. Yes. Which is where you also live. Mm-hmm. And these segments, generally speaking, not without exception, but generally speaking, are filmed in a hotel room in front of the poster for the movie. Yes. (laughs) Um, So why would you go to London, Paris, London, New York, and Las Vegas to film a segment with somebody in a hotel room in front of a poster for the movie? Uh, That's where the posters are. (laughs) Yeah, right? You know what's costing? FedExing a giant movie poster costs? Does Muhammad go to the mountain, or does the mountain come to Muhammad? (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Well, kind of the idea was they they did them in interesting places. Like in London, it was at Abbey Road. Okay. Um, Oh, man, did you cross the street? Oh yeah, I did. Uh, it, like you have to wait, you have to fucking wait in line to cross that street. Uh, it's the yeah, it's the most. Uh, but surprisingly, Abbey Road isn't just like a Beatles shit gift shop. It's like an actual functioning recording studio, and there's not like you know Beatles shit everywhere, which was cool. Uh, I thought, and um, yeah, there is a lot of John Denver shit. Yeah, there are, yes, there's a lot of John Denver, but shit. he passed on in tragic circumstances, so I can understand that. Sure. Plus, he has there's that a signature thing. eyewear, so it's easy to yeah. make it an interior design theme. There's a there's a build your own airplane station. <laughs> <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Oh, why you would do that? Yeah, uh, yeah just to, I think it's just the idea is just to make it more interesting than your typical sit in front of them. I think that's that was kind of their idea was that that sit in front of a movie poster in a hotel room is pretty tired. Yeah, so. I feel like I've seen all the all I can see with the ones set in L.A., but then you go to Vegas or London. Who sure. knows what's going to happen? It's sort of mm-hmm. like when the Brady Bunch went to Hawaii. Oh, man. Remember that? Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> it's very good. So wh- how long were you in? Had you ever been to London I before? I had never been to London. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I was there for maybe a total of two days. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was nice. Uh, I, uh, I, you know, and it was one of those things where it, was like it wasn't a long trip, so I just Kind of had time to do the touristy stuff. So you only had time to jack off, what, three, four times? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, That's what I mean by touristy stuff. Right. And I got to watch Bill and Ted on British television, (laughs) which was great. Um, Yeah, so, you know, I did, like, British Museum. I imagined when you said that, I sincerely imagined Bill and Ted. Having subtitles with, with, <laughs> with a dub with with dubbed vocals <laughs> that are just Bill and Ted with an English accent. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't imagine it in my head as a joke. I imagined it in that's my head how it as actually the real is. Thing. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, ex- British people don't understand non-British accents. Yeah. Instead of excellent, they say impeccable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and their in uh, their uh, air guitar just makes uh, flute sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're famous people have fucked up teeth. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I just kind of did the touristy stuff. I did like British Museum and, you know, your Buckingham Palace. And then it was it was kind of it was it was kind of time to go. 
but I did I did have a I did have a kind of a night of you know pub hopping with uh, one of the other reporters, uh, Jeremy from the Reels channel, who's super awesome. Uh, he's great. He's my new buddy. Jeez. Yeah. Hey, you dropped some names all over the place. Let me help you pick them up. Yeah, I know, right? Um, oh, here I got you, Dave Chen from SlashFilm.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. Sorry, <laughs> Dave. I'll call you. Um. Uh. So, anyways. Um. So and uh, you know we 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 got pretty pretty wasted and the day uh, the day after he related to me uh, something I yelled when we were out of a uh, when we were leaving we were leaving this pub that was particularly crowded he's like oh man it was hilarious when we were we were leaving and you couldn't get out so you yelled uh, um, I can't get um, so I yelled you need to let me out of here I'm not from here <laughs> <laughs> just like the ultimate. Uh, the ultimate obnoxious American. Oh, that's a wonderful moment. I think it's lovely that you went to London, England. Yeah, and uh, you know the kind of the famous, uh, you know those famous London phone booths. Sure. Uh, Jacked up in one. <laughs> uh, well, uh, they, those on the inside are just uh, covered with prostitute ads. Really? Yeah. Almost even in like the nice Harrods part of London, they're just covered with like in the Harrods, know, four. the Harrods district. <laughs> yes. Uh, they're just covered with really filthy prostitute ads. Wow! Do, do the, is a filthy prostitute a big thing in England? Uh, I'm well. The uh, how clean was your prostitute? I guess <laughs> yeah. is what I'm she smelled of lavender <laughs> and English breakfast beans. My uh, pork and beans. Is a is a is a prostitute a thing? Did you did you check in with anybody any English people about this? I didn't. Uh, but there's you know like a definitely there's a remarkable amount of prostitute based advertising. Okay, well we'll 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 probably get a decent explanation. I feel like from someone in the audience, right? If we get if we if we put that out there, two zero six nine eight four four fun. Mm-hmm. There's English people who listen to this show. Yeah, let's get some prostitute stories. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. Omit <laughs> <bit>, no details. <laughs> We specifically want to know how how expensive they are. Yeah, just like we're headed to the ATM. Yeah, and does anything go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Can you kiss them? <laughs> That's um, what I want to know. Which which of the, of the people involved in this film? Yes. Which one is which one w- was it the biggest experience for you to meet? Uh, Between let, Russell Brand and Jonah Hill <laughs> <laughs> And Diddy He met oh, Diddy right, 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 I also right. got to meet Peggy from Mad Men Oh, that's pretty good wow. Is she in that movie? She is That's cool Isn't she married to Fred Armisen? She is So that's pretty cool Yeah, that's great Fred Armisen was on The Sound of Young America one time Just one of the nicest people that I've ever talked to in my life Sure was Almost disconcerting hmm. um, Probably wanted something from you <laughs> Yeah uh, here's here's. You wanted to appeal on my marginal public radio program. Yeah, you did give him an evening with your wife, so <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, um, but they just made lists of everything they hate about Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, is this the home of Teresa Thorne? I found the ad in the phone booth. <laughs> <laughs> the British phone booth. Um, uh, Diddy has a um, has a woman. Uh, that follows him around with a stack of cell phones. Uh-huh. And he just takes one, says something into it, hands it back to her, and takes another one and says something into it. Really? Yeah, yeah. And they're like different brands of cell phones, too, which is weird. There's like a couple of Blackberries and a couple of iPhones. Do you so. think they're color-coded in some way? I don't know. There didn't seem to be any organization to uh, it. we, we got to yeah. revisit our what would we do with our millions of dollars conversation. Oh, you know what Have I think? Have a woman follow me around with a box of cell phones. You know what I think? You know what I think? That, you know how I think he organizes his cell phones? Hmm. Uh, by uh, uh, astrological sign, 
So like if Makes you're a Taurus, you call the Taurus number. Sure. And his his business card just probably has the symbols on the back with the numbers for each of the phones. That seems like the simplest way to do that. It's straightforward. I mean, there are probably are other ways to do it that might be technically be more efficient if you were, you know, a professional administrator or something, but I'm not. Maybe each phone is one number. Like one phone is the one and another phone's the two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how come if you don't if everybody just dials one number on their phone, does it automatically? Like, oh, man, you have to dial all the numbers on one phone. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's a mortifying moment. Uh you know, it seems like a weird piece of stunt casting to put uh to put Diddy in this, but he's good in it. He's really funny. Really? Yeah. Because everyone had said that he was good and funny in it. That was the buzz from the set. Sure. If you recall, that was the big thing that all the guys were talking about, how funny Diddy is in it. That is true. And yeah. I, had, I had watched the trailer for the film and thought, wow, Diddy seems like he's awful in it. Uh, no, no. He's yeah, that's kind of my impression. <laughs> uh, he got, uh, there's this part where he's talking about his, um, he's talking about like his, uh, his kind of rise to fame. He's like kind of berating some young executives about how they don't, you know, they need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. He's like, He's like, he's like, look at me. I started with nothing, and now I own six kookaroos. And his uh, his assistant goes seven. He's like seven kookaroos. <laughs> anyway, that's a pretty good part. Co- the only problem with kookaroos, I think, don't they only have kookaroo in Los Angeles? I don't know. Is co- I think yeah, there's how- only seven kookaroos in the world. Yeah, <laughs> he owns all of them. How uh, yeah? How far reaching is kookaroo? Is it like, man? The uh, one in my neighborhood just closed down. That was a dark day for North Hollywood. <laughs> uh, did anything like sad replace it? Like a liquor store with a clown mascot? A Chick-fil-A? No, there's nothing no, there yet. Man, if only they would replace something with a Chick-fil-A. Jesus. There, there, there's a Chick-fil-A coming out. It's going to be in... Uh, really? We're getting our own like Chick-fil-A? Like on Sunset and uh, Gower, yeah. Man. Where the Carl's Jr. is, it's going to be a Chick-fil-A. You know wow. what? I'm going to I'm gonna tell you this right now. Let's just stop what we're doing and wait for the Chick-fil-A to be built. <laughs> yeah, right. I want to be first in line. A lot of Angelinos are going to be telling a lot of other Angelinos about how they went to the Chick-fil-A yeah. and how there's a Chick-fil-A. And they waited in line for a Chick-fil-A. You should do a podcast to... dedicated to the Chick-fil-A. We should do a Chick-fil-A show. Yeah. Maybe you'll get free Chick-fil-A. It'll be like that This American Life where you wait in line and you get free ones. Oh. You hear that? No. Oh. Oh, Dave Hill hosted that. Dave Hill got free Chick-fil-A's for waiting in line at a Chick-fil-A? Yeah, he made a little This American Life thing about it. I didn't hear that one. That's yeah, good. Man, what a great scam. Yeah, awesome scam. <laughs> We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Big time, Gene O'Neill. You know, the information age needs a trend spotter, and I think it just got one. Here's Jesse Thorne with Hang It Up and Keep It Up. Keep it up. Brussels sprouts. It doesn't get any better than Brussels sprouts. Browned, roasted, and drizzled with balsamic vinegar. Keep it up, Brussels sprouts. The arts and crafts movement. You know what I would love? A nice arts and crafts side table. Keep it up, the arts and crafts movement. Jesse's dog. My dog's name is Coco, and she's the best. Keep it up, my dog. Mangoes. It's the world's most popular fruit for a reason. Keep it up, mangoes. Chamois shirt. <laughs> Just the thing for a cool spring evening. Keep it up, chamois shirt. 
Roth IRA. What do you like taxes? I sure don't. Keep it up, Roth IRA. And now, hang it up. Hang it up. Golf. Even good people become douchebags when they're playing golf. Did you know there are teenagers who play golf? Sickening. Hang it up, golf. The Mongols. Too invasive. Hang it up, the Mongols. Stockton. I don't mean to pick on Stockton, but it's pretty fucking lame. Hang it up, Stockton. Magicians. Stop trying to trick me. You're too good at it, and it upsets me. Hang it up, magicians. And angels. When you think about it, it's just a bunch of flapping. Hang it up, angels. That was Hang It Up and Keep It Up. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Big time. Gene O'Neill. Ah, beautiful day here in Los Angeles. A beautiful day for a Max Fun Drive. Sure. Um, this is a look. This is the situation. We don't charge any money for what we make, we don't uh, make you watch commercials. No. You know what? I was just thinking about this the other day. I, I don't watch a huge amount of uh, broadcast television, but I do enjoy watching the NBC Thursday night comedy lineup. I'm, you know, community. Uh, Veronica's Closet. Veronica's Closet. The single guy. Yeah. <laughs> Caroline in the City. <laughs> exactly. The big four. <laughs> um, and uh, I was wondering. Gracie and Allen. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I guess like th- th- cave paintings. <laughs> Jordan, the what? next thing to say was Fibber McGee and Molly, and then Kate. No, no, we need to get on with it. We don't have time. Okay. We don't have time to cover the whole history Sorry. entertainment. Um, and I was thinking to myself, like, theoretically, this is free, right? You get to listen. You get to watch broadcast television for free. And again, I don't watch that much broadcast television. However, I did the math, Jordan. Wow. I did the math. On it, let's just say you only watched the NBC Thursday night comedies for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, how much of your time you would spend? Uh, you would spend uh, watching commercials just from the Thursday night comedies, just from one year. The answer is you would spend twenty seven point seven hours watching commercials in that year. So my suggestion to you is, if you feel like you're getting the free media that you watch for free. Maybe you should consider how much money do I make an hour, whether it's $8 an hour or $25 an hour or $100 an hour. Mm. Um, And if I'm willing to spend 27 hours of my time watching commercials just to watch the Thursday night comedies from NBC, uh, what is it worth to me to get the commercial-free entertainment that MaximumFun.org gives you? Because we do – I mean we're talking about – uh, we're talking about, we've given you hundreds of hours of entertainment. Absolutely. All these people call us and they say... And I it's just... straight entertainment, too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is 
this is like consistent. Uh, this is like a, a man with a calliope. I mean, there it's shit. <laughs> this is the best you can get. It's like a one man band. Look, we don't just have an organ. We've got a monkey too. Yeah, you see what the I'm whole saying. Whole thing. So I, you know, even even your free entertainment is is entertainment that you're paying for, and that's you know without even considering the you know fifty or sixty bucks a month you have to pay to get cable. And TV does reruns. You don't do those. No, absolutely not. Absolutely We're, not. We've made this is episode 133 of Jordan Jesse Go. Hmm. People are always calling in to tell us, you know, I just finished listening to the entire archive of Jordan Jesse Go. That's what? That's like that's like 175 hours or something sure. like that. And of, by the time you listen to them all, you can go back and listen to old ones because you forgot them. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is like a never-ending loop of entertainment. Um and uh, all, all we're asking for is uh all we're asking for is for you to support it. I think um you got, it, I mean, you're uh you got you got prizes too though. Maybe we should pump that a little bit more. Well, let me I want to I want to address one issue. Okay, sure. It's the I can't afford it issue. Sure. Um, and I want to say that if you do not have a job, you are exempt. Sure. I've, I am issuing a blanket exemption to everyone out there who listens to this show and doesn't support it because Fast they don't have a job. Fast through this if you want to, but yeah. we're going to try and make it a little funny so you can listen anyway. We're going to lead the unemployed in a collective few. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's, this, in this economy, Jordan, sure. it's the least we can do to offer our show for free to those who have no jobs. Yeah. Also... If you live in these and to uh, General Motors executives, yeah. If you listen, <laughs> also listen for free. If you listen in the second or third world, so not just Somalia, say, but also parts of Spain, okay, Mexico, mm-hmm. even better, slightly better off parts of Mexico, you are exempt from our request for your money. If you live in the second or third world. You're fine. We Eastern don't want. Europe. We don't want the shiny beads you use to trade. Listen, <laughs> even if you live in Prague and you're doing just fine, but just fine in Prague is a significantly smaller amount of money than just fine in, say, London. Yeah, that's poor. Um, then uh, you're well, you're fine. Go ahead, enjoy it for free. Second and third worlds get a blanket exemption. Mm. However, that having been said, if you have a job. And live in the first world. Sure. You can afford it. We're yeah. looking at you, shoe salesman in Denmark. Yeah. United Arab Emirates oil barons. <laughs> <laughs> if you live on a man made party island, <laughs> if you've had an That island- from the air looks like a poem written by the <laughs> Prince of Dubai. <laughs> Um, Give know, us your crazy money. Um, because the fact of the matter is that the, the amount of money that we're suggesting that you don't, it isn't a huge amount of money. If you're giving 5 or 10 or $20 a month, um, you know, that's an amount of money that, uh, you know, when it comes out of your bank account automatically, it's, it, you won't even notice that it's gone. It's sure. the kind of money that you'd spend on, you know, like a, a, you know, a meal for two at McDonald's or something like that. It's really – it's not a – it's not a life-changing amount of money that Just we're asking you to ease give. Up, ease up on the pumpkin macchiatos when, uh, when the time comes around. You know, can I say that I, when I check my bank account from time to time, I'll be like, oh, please let there just be, you know, X amount of dollars in there. And then I think, all right, just to, you know, be safe, I'll hope that there's X minus two or three hundred dollars, and then I'll be happy. And then you check your bank account, and it's like X minus, like a thousand dollars, and... It's just, it just seems money just kind of, your money just kind of disappears into the ether anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really so have no some of it way. disappear into this show. <laughs> 
Um, but we do have we do have some pretty sweet thank you gifts. We made a fucking DVD, didn't we? Yeah, we made a DVD that's got a bunch of funny stuff on it. Uh, on this DVD, we have um, uh, we have not only the Sound of Young America live in New York, which has uh, interviews with uh, uh, Scott Adsit from Thirty Rock. Uh, 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 the famous music video director Rick Cordero, music from our buddy Andrew WK, uh, music from uh, Nelly Mackay, uh, some stand-up comedy from Kumail Nanjiani, the very funny Kumail Nanjiani. This is just one of those DVDs that when you're having a party, you can just put it on with the sound off, and uh, it entertains everybody. Absolutely, because they get to look at my beautiful puss. Yeah. <laughs> it's also one of those things that if no one comes to your party, you can watch it with the sound on. Yeah, yeah awesome. totally. And have a great time. You don't yeah. even... Uh, you don't you'll... need your friends. Yeah, you forget they didn't show up. Um, or that they said they couldn't go, and you saw later on Twitter that they were doing something else. It's also got some exclusive Jordan Jesse Go uh, content that you can't get anywhere else. All of the cutscenes from uh, Jordan Jesse game, uh, an entire animated tale uh, told by us, uh, our pal Dan Henrik in Chicago, and uh, guest stars John Hodgman and Andy Daly, um, and uh, also uh, a ten-minute short film that we made uh, based on the uh, 1950s children's uh, public service announcement, "Social Courtesy." Sure, that uh, was very well received. A lot of very positive buzz from Max FunCon from mm-hmm. where, where it had its world premiere. A lot of good laughs. Uh, I got, in fact, a personal compliment from Bill Corbett and Kevin Murphy, who told me that we did a great job. Sure. That's, uh... And if anybody knows uh, about uh, who did a good job, it's those guys. Sure. Um, so there's all kinds of thank you gifts. If you give $10 a month, you'll get one of our awesome new T-shirts. Um, there are sweet new Jordan Jesse Go t-shirts, Stop Podcasting Yourself t-shirts, Sound of Young America t-shirts. These are high quality, too. These aren't normal, like, swag t-shirts. This is like a, this is like a, it's like a nice brand of t-shirt. Exactly. So. We make these on the alternative apparel, which is a super premium. It's one step up from American apparel. A lot of people tell me, I like, I like an American apparel over a Hanes beefy tee. We're talking about kicking it up one more notch to alternative sure. apparel, which yeah. is nicer. And in these economic times, everyone needs to buy alternative. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Alternative for alternatives. Yeah, exactly. So uh, please, uh, donate now, MaximumFun.org slash donate. Uh, just don't, don't, give me, don't give me any baloney about how you're putting it off, you're not going to do it. The time to do it is now. This is still the saying, closing Are we days. still saying get off your duff? Oh, that's our new catchphrase. I forgot about the pledge drive catchphrase. People have been twittering me that they, they get off their duff catchphrase when they have gotten off their duff. Sure. But Jordan, if you want to implement it. Guys, get off your duffs. Maximumfun.org slash donate. La, 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 la. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. El tiempo grande, Gino Neal. <laughs> <laughs> Grande. Wait a minute, tiempo is like temperature, not time, right? <laughs> tiempo is time, but I mean, I don't think a literal translation of that uh, really is, is going to be effective. I think our Spanish listeners still appreciated it. <laughs> they did. They're like, hey, this show has something for me. You can do that. Sure. A tip of the hat to our Spanish-speaking listeners. Yeah. <laughs> It'll tide me over till the next Fast and Furious movie comes out. <laughs> those guys have been, those Spanish-speaking listeners have been disappointed and frustrated because to this point... Point, our whole show has been in English. <laughs> like, oh, finally, something I could kind of understand. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, it's a directly translated colloquialism that doesn't make sense in my language. But it was but... worth it for them to hang in there this whole time. <laughs> yeah. At least big stars are acknowledging that my language exists. <laughs> yeah. um, listen, 
uh, uh, yesterday on Twitter, I said to I said to folks, this is the uh, this show is going to sort of mark the tenth anniversary of the Sound of Young America, ten years of Jesse Jordan and Gene. Um, it's uh, our big pledge drive show. Uh, what would you like to hear more than anything else on the program? And the response was... You guys to shut your traps. <laughs> <laughs> the, the response was simple. They wanted to hear Mark Marin and Kevin Smith. <laughs> uh, and not us. Um, the response was, uh, was basically unanimous. Uh, would you rather with the master of would you rather Jim Royale? Now, for those of you out there who might've come to the program relatively recently and aren't familiar with how it works, uh, here's how it works. We've got our pal, uh, Jim Royale, the master of would you rather on the line from Santa Cruz, California. How are you, Jim? I'm doing great. So and happy for, to be here, guys. And for people uh, who are just coming to the program now, for clarification, we invented this. Yeah. <laughs> you might be hearing it elsewhere. Yeah. We it's invented our thing. it, though. We've been doing it for 10 years. And we're not going <laughs> to fucking put a stink out about it. No, nope, we're not making a stink. No one's making a stink. We just want to We're happy just want everybody's enjoying it so hey, much. Everybody have a good time. Sure. With the thing we made up. Yeah. We. Uh, <laughs> um, here's how it works. Jim is going to present us with two choices. They may be good things. They may be bad things. Um, and he'll ask us which we would rather do, have, or be. Um, we'll discuss the various options. We will decide on a uh, final uh, choice. And then Jim, uh, if we have any questions, we can ask Jim for clarification. He is the master of Would You Rather. And then we will turn to Jim and ask him whether we were right or whether we were wrong. Uh, I'm a certified master. <laughs> yes. Did you finally take your board exam? Yeah, yeah, it was a really long and grueling. I'm, I'm uh, in a lot of debt, but uh, I'm happy I did it. Because you took all those training courses. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm almost a doctor. Uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a technical certificate. You're like, right. So you're like Zach Braff on Scrubs. Yeah, he also studied uh, at Cambridge in England. Their version is weather your preference. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jim, what is, what is this week's Would You Rather? Okay. <laughs> Would you rather fight dogs compulsively or wear your hair in a long, beautiful ponytail? <laughs> wait, wait, what was the first one? Fight dogs compulsively? Fight dogs compulsively. You mean fight dogs against each other or always get in, into fights with dogs? No, I'm talking you're punching a dog in the face. Wow. And so this is like every time you see a dog, whether it's someone walking a dog or, you know, your own dog, you attack it. You, you, you feel an, an impulse that really makes you want to uh, fight with the dog. Let's say it's a particularly like I, I live in uh, uh, I live in it when I when I take my dog out for a walk, um, you know, I, I get a few blocks of field. Uh, I end up in the kind of neighborhood where there are a lot of yards with cyclone fences, and inside those yards are the kind of dogs that you wouldn't want to have a fight with. Um, yeah. Not corgis. Uh, <laughs> talking about your jaw-locking breeds. Yeah. Um, would I be able to – would I have a rational – would I be able to have some rational response – 
that came sort of in, in into my head in, in opposition to my desire to fight them. Like if I if I felt compelled to fight them, would I be able to overcome that by being like, look, if you fought that dog, you might die. Yeah, yeah, you're you know you're you're definitely able to ration with yourself, uh, but you you. You really want to fight it. Uh, so it's like you, a struggle you, like like when Bruce Banner doesn't want to turn into the Hulk, but he's getting He's got to do it anyway, though. Maybe the impulse helps you overcome that fear, and you just feel like you can take anybody or any dog. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this, Jim. Uh, with the, uh, the fighting dogs, do I just run up and sucker punch dogs, or do I at least have the forbearance to properly challenge them to a duel? <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. You're going to step up to the dog, you know. Come here, dog. I'm going to fight you. You know, you've been you've been doing this for a long time. It's 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 uh, it's you know it's a it's a part of you. Have I learned moves like possibly Krav Maga? I don't know who that is, Jesse. <laughs> it's an Israeli martial art. Like, so do we have special dog fighting techniques? I guess is what the question. Yeah, is. yeah that well, like giant you know, you've glove. Been, you've been uh, you've been fighting dogs for for many years, and you've and you've you've made it this far. You lasted this long, so you know you're you're no you're no chump. Is it possible that I could make a career fighting dogs uh, before blood sport matches, sort of like a rodeo clown distracts a bull after the cowboy has been thrown? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, certainly. But you know, it it is it. it yeah, that sounds like a legal activity. But that's gonna, yeah, it's uh, going to take a little footwork on your part, though. You don't sure. automatically get the job. You have like, to go to. I'm going to have to find some dank basements in Bangkok. Sure. And with those things, you got to know somebody too. You know. Sure. Uh, I, okay, so let's. Okay, let's My I have some brother went tale. to college with Jeffrey Katzenberg's son, so oh, okay. that might help. Um, I have a question about the ponytail. Is I, I want to talk about the length of this ponytail. Does this stay? This is like a magic ponytail that stays a certain length, or can you kind of trim it so it's you know more or less? Is offensive? it down to your butt? Yeah, it's it, it's it's going to be like it's going to be around mid mid back to to the butt. Type of length. It's a it's a long you know it's a it's a it's a head turning ponytail. I feel like down to the butt is a good like th- like if you see someone with hair down to their butt, it's like come on, get a haircut already. <laughs> How long have you been growing your hair? Um, yeah. So does it stay one length or does it? Do you have to maintain it? No, it's 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 gonna it's gonna grow just like normal hair, but it's uh, it's it's always it's always in a long ponytail uh, length. How much of an issue would uh, split ends be? Um, well, it's, it's, depends it's on whether you be... blow dry, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's your, that's your hang up, Jesse. <laughs> uh, well, it, it's, it's a, it's a, as I stated at the beginning, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful ponytail. So mm. there is, there is some, some maintenance that goes into that. There is some upkeep. Uh, yeah. You got to use Pantene. Yeah. You got to use the good stuff. Okay. Um, sorry, look... Jesse, no pert plus. I want to <laughs> no suave for you. I, I want to ask you. I want to ask you this. I mean, uh, uh, our, our friend Eugene's hair here is uh, uh, dark as night and and bone straight and uh, <laughs> very full and uh, and at the moment artfully disheveled. Uh, but I have no doubt that that Just given like the Jimmy opportunity, Jimmy Fallon in his heyday, uh, that given the opportunity, our, our friend Eugene could grow a, a very lustrous and handsome ponytail. Now, Jordan and myself uh, are a little bit different than that. Uh, Jordan, of course, has his signature curly locks. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I have my signature uh, receding hairline and shiny pate. <laughs> right. um, so I guess the question is, uh, 
in in ten years, uh, yeah. am I going to be a bald guy with a really long ponytail from his side and back hair? I mean, <laughs> his back hair, but the, which I think is a pretty edgy hairstyle. That by the is way. a pretty amazing. I mean, it's a it's a remarkable ponytail. Um, but I mean, it, would I be the kind of guy who has a ponytail despite the fact that there's no hair on the crown of his head? And would Jordan have to mi- fashion a ponytail out of his very curly hair? Yeah, yeah. Does he you're, have to straighten? You're, uh, you're gonna be you're gonna be stuck with, with your with your hair type. Uh, if you're if you're losing your hair, uh, that ponytail is gonna stay. Um, wow. Like one of those guys in the martial arts movies that are all bald, but they have some kind of crazy, uh, you know, long braided hair or something like that. Wow. Uh, yeah, Jordan Jordan has some, some you know some kind of kind of kind of frizzy poofy kind of hair. Yeah. It's uh, you know it, it's it's gonna. It's going to be the best-looking ponytail that, that that kind of hair can support. So an awful ponytail. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but you. But I mean, part of the part of the part of the setup for this was that the ponytail is beautiful. It's beautiful, like, it's, though. Yes. It's, so it's yes. universal. So even if it doesn't, you know, necessarily look good, just the magic of the ponytail. It's universally considered beautiful. Everyone sees yeah, it as yeah, like, we're, whoa, we're, look at that ponytail. You know, we're 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 temporarily living in the in the would you rather um, you know fantasy ponytail realm. Okay. And yeah, yeah, you can you Rack. can you can fashion your hair into into something nice, Jordan. Okay, I'm ready. Um, I want to ask you one last question. Jim. I'm ready. No, Jesse, ask <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, God, I'm sorry. As you know, I I own a dog, uh, Coco the chocolate dog, sometimes known as Coco the brown brown dog. Um. She's sitting on my lap right now, in fact, um, and I'm wondering if I will want to fight her. Yeah, yeah, you're going to want to fight her, but you know, this is a dog that you that you live with, so there's there's you know, it's it's going to be a kind of different you know a daily struggle with this dog. You're you know, you're probably uh, you know, you'll you'll probably have a, a, abused it in the past. You might be going to some you know kind of treatment to be able to you know live with this with this uh, uh crippling compulsion wow. um so you know yeah and if, if if this is the type of person that you are you know it's it's un- it's unlikely that that dog is going to be in your house and sitting on your lap it'll be you know afraid in the backyard maybe oh geez okay but i've made my decision gene are you ready to make your decision sure jordan you you decided first Do you want to go first yeah absolutely no I, I i think this is an easy one i think uh i think i think ponytail i uh you know dogs are everywhere these days and um sure. you know like having the new apple teenies sure and then like having to <laughs> having to suppress a significant amount of rage every day or have several dog fights a day it just seems like it would it would bar you from polite society so uh, whereas a ponytail kind of does, uh, in a way, but, uh, I, I like this idea that it's universally considered beautiful and I feel like, you know, if I just, I can just fucking go with it and, you know, wear a suit vest with a t-shirt everywhere I go, uh, <laughs> hop on a recumbent bike, become a Ren Faire enthusiast and, and, Put on and really, some of those vibrant five finger shoes. Sure, absolutely. And just and really live a pretty cool life. So uh so yeah, I think I think ponytail is the easy answer. Now here's the thing. I really I really can't imagine a less appropriate hairstyle for me than a long ponytail. Um I really think it goes against every 
aesthetic bone in my body. God, I'm totally seeing it, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks and great. And I like what I'm seeing. <laughs> um, it looks great. Uh, but, you know, I really love my dog. I can't imagine a world where I fight with my dog all the time. And also, as I said, there's a lot of pretty scary dogs in my neighborhood. Um, so, and, you know, a lot of sweet dogs that I wouldn't want to fight. A lot of, you know, it's sort of like depending on which block you're on, there's a lot of, uh, you know, white people's golden retrievers, and there's a lot of uh, kind of cholo dad's, uh, you know, pit bull mixes. So, uh, and I wouldn't want to fight either of those. So I guess I, I have to go with the, I have to go with the ponytail too, as much as it would ruin my credibility in my chosen secondary career as, uh, you know, style men's style video podcast host. Mm. Well, I would go with, uh, I'd go with the psychological compulsion to fight dogs because I have that anyway. So at least (laughs) this universe is legitimized and I can get it treated. (laughs) Um, uh, Jim, you're the master of Would You Rather. Uh, which answer was correct and which one was incorrect? Well, uh, the correct answer today is Beautiful Ponytail. Ah, nice. Thank God. Nice. Jim just always picks against what I pick. <laughs> Sorry, Gene. You know, uh, while, uh, while being able to, uh, to fight and take down dogs would make you a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's um it uh that that that's a pretty dangerous path it could it could land you in the in the in the slammer or Oh uh, man, I didn't think know. about the the hooskow. Yeah. <laughs> especially Yeah. It's especially dangerous if you know Krav Maga. <laughs> <laughs> so, ponytail it is. Um well, Jim, uh number one, I'd like to thank you for uh picking mine again. Uh my record has improved to an astonishing many and few. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry I can't say the same for you guys um, It just goes to show that, show you that uh, I'm almost always right Yeah, my this... one last record is never and always <laughs> I feel history will vindicate us <laughs> uh, Jim, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, give us this Would You Rather Guys, so much fun uh, I look forward to next time <laughs> We'll be back in just a second yeah. with more Jordan Jesse Go love, love, It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Uh, Jordan Morris, boy detective. Big time, Gene O'Neill. You know, uh, we got some great calls uh, to listen to. We've got some more pledge pitching to do. We've got more money to ask for from you. We've got a lot of great stuff still coming up on the show, but um, I think any show that has this segment in it, uh, this segment is probably the highlight of that show. Um, from time to time, uh, look, let me, let me put it this way. Um, Gene, you and I know that Jordan's one of the funniest guys around. If uh, not the. Yeah. We know that he's, he's one of the nicest guys around. Yeah, he's all right. We know that he's a talented television host. Oh, sure. Um, we know that he's a great podcaster, of course. Whew. Um, but what some people don't know about Jordan is that he's also a gifted musician. And that's a shame. More people need to know this. More people should know that. I mean, if Michael Bublé can have a great career in music, 
Uh, there's no reason that Jordan, who's roughly what would you say, two, three times more talent, two, two, three times as talent. Guys, don't t- don't 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 take him down. Don't no need to to Sorry, cut him down. Not, just look, say, just say I'm Buble esque. Mm, I think that covers I feel it. like that, that. I would say that doesn't Buble, serve you well. At though. best, at, okay, at, well, at, the the best I, the best I could say is that on his best day, Buble is Morris esque. Okay, yeah. Well, let's Wouldn't okay. You say? Well, I just died. I just don't want to. If cut you want down to talk colleague. about who is Morris esque, who's who's coming up? If I'm, you want to brag about your friends about the Michael Bublé show that you went to last night, right? And when they saw him, like, yeah, it was great. It was typical Bublé. I would. You want to say, well, I saw him, and he was like, it was like seeing Jordan I liked live. It, I liked it better when his name was Jordan Morris. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say that to a certain extent, you could make an argument that Mandy Patinkin is Morris esque. Um, I mean, in his in his Broadway career, not in his career on uh, television procedural on thrillers. Chicago Hope. No, no, certainly in, ter- in Criminal Minds. In terms of his ability to to sing a lovely tune, sure. Yeah. Streisand uh, again on Broadway. Um, I can't really think of anybody else who's in Jordan's league. And certainly, even these people are below Jordan. Um, I would also say Mandy Patinkin is Albert Finney esque. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. also fair. Yeah. As long as we're on the subject of uh, Mandy Patinkin. This is a segment called Jordan Sings a Song. Now, Jordan... Uh, now, guy, actually, guys, sorry. I'm, the, I'm just going to go off script here for a second. Sure. I know we were talking. I, I, I was... feel like I... Why, why did I do so many drafts of this script? Yeah, and I'm ruffling through my sorry, papers guys, right now. It's like, uh, it's like working with Will Ferrell with me. You just turn on the camera and watch me go. Jeez, oh, Jordan does something crazy. Uh... We would t- we were talking about it, and we thought I was going to sing "My Darling Clementine," mm-hmm. which I am totally prepared to do if that's still the direction you guys want to go. But then I remember Jordan. A song. I don't want to stand in the way of your muse. I just I just want to I want to I want to service the audience, and I want to know what you guys think is is best. I can sing that, or uh, I could sing an original parody song I wrote about Pele <laughs> to the tune of Barry Manilow's "Mandy." Um. Well, listen. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've done Jordan sings a song. Mm-hmm. People are hungry for something. People need as much Jordan as they can. Why don't you sing the original tune? Okay, here it comes. But it's not a you know, it's not a totally original tune. This is a you know, I'm putting my own spin on it. But you've contributed a lot to it. I mean, it's like Michael Jackson writing the lyrics to a song. Like you, sure, really. Or Britney Spears co-writing one of her songs. Right, which she does frequently, Yeah, I'm told. Yeah. Okay, this is called Pele, and it's to uh, the tune of Barry Manilow's Mandy. <clears throat> oh, Pele, you came and you gave without soccer, but I sent you away, oh, Pele. That's it. <laughs> Jordan sings a song. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse, go. La, la, la. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Uh, big time Gene O'Neill, sorry. Did you forget? Yeah, I forgot where I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was back in the war. <laughs> um, hey, I want to give a uh, Jordan Jesse Go personal message. This is one that we have been saving for a while. It mm. is from uh, Jim in uh, Blackfoot, Idaho, uh, to his beautiful wife, uh, they are celebrating on May 26th uh, the anniversary of the first time that they humped. Mm. <laughs> 13, mm. 13 years ago at a party at Jenny Sue's house, uh, 
1997. So that's a personal shout-out from Jim Hines. Details, Jim. Details. <laughs> Great. You humped. What was it like? It was probably good. That's Describe, why they stayed. Well, I don't know. Yes. Because fucking coy little miss... Blue bonnet over there doesn't want to talk yeah. about it. Describe the vasculature of your boner. <laughs> <laughs> Great story. And don't just Jim. say prodigious. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the other week on the show we had a big discussion about the relative merits of livers, uh, spleens, and kidneys. Um, and our medical correspondent, uh, mm. who is now I think completing medical school, uh, yes. called in with some clarification. So let's hear it. Hi, Jordan, Jesse Go. This ah. is Casey in Houston. I'm calling in case you don't end up hearing from your original medical correspondent because um, I'm in med school too, and I just wanted to offer my counsel on the spleen action items. You have. Um, one- Wait a minute. Shit. I deleted the wrong one. Two people called in. One was our real medical correspondent, wow. one was the is wrong this- one. The other one's an imposter. And I accidentally deleted the real one and kept the imposter. Oh, great. Well, we got to know. We got to know. Yeah, our sure, apologies sure. to our real medical correspondent and her uh, charming Illinois accent. Congratulations, imposter. <laughs> You've been promoted. <laughs> one liver, and you store your bile in your gallbladder, which is behind your liver. But um, in regards to what Nick Adams was saying, uh, yeah, you only get one spleen, but sometimes it has to come out. And when it does, you're more susceptible to certain kinds of bacteria. But there are a few vaccines that can help you with that. I just have to tell you, I had an amazing time this weekend at Max Fun Con. By the time you see me at the next one, I will just have had the momentous occasion of adding MD to my name. So I'm looking forward to it. Love the show. Bye. See, that's hey. nice. She's a nice young woman. Come and on. My apologies to our real, uh, our real medical correspondent who hadn't been on the show in roughly a year, but was still listening. And when we called out for her, she responded. And then yesterday, when I spent four hours screening calls, I accidentally deleted hers in delirium. Um, we also have we also asked for follow up on the guy who called in the momentous occasion that uh, he works in film production and he was driving a dead cow to Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was Montana. I don't sure. remember. Uh, but we were like, okay, can we get a little background information on this? And uh, <laughs> he's like, no. <laughs> he really delivered in, on the background yeah, information front. So. Hey guys, this is Tom Mayers calling to uh, expand on a voicemail I left last week about transporting a dead cow. Um, I'm sure you'll be interested to know that Denver does, in fact, have a production industry, but it mostly consists of extreme hunting, other gun-related shows, and infomercials. So he worked in film production. We were like, well, if you work in film production, he said he was a PA, why do you live in Denver? Mm. That seems bizarre. It's because of the uh, outdoors programs that shoot there. The cow shoot was for a company based in L.A., where I was actually living at the time, and they sent me and my wife out here to pick up the cow for a reality TV show they were producing. They prefer to hire a couple to do it, so there's no funny business. Yeah. When he says cow, he's not talking about his mother-in-law. Hello! Where hey. They then mutilated it on camera. Um, after the wrap, we took the stinking carcass to a wolf rescue in Guffey, Colorado, where I had yet another momentous occasion when the owner of the compound was generous enough to personally introduce me to his entire wolf family. Um, We were in the cages with these animals, taking Facebook photos and cuddling them, and they're really not the bloodthirsty, savage creatures I expected them to be, although their habitat is littered with dozens of cleaned cow, sheep, and llama skulls. Um, And for a third and final momentous occasion, my wife and I have actually left Hollywood, for Denver, where I'm now editing a block of the aforementioned hunting and gun-related shows 
Um, it's pretty nice here, and while it's not as warm as Southern California, it sure beats the hell out of working as a PA. Thanks, guys. There you go. Hey, hey. It's a nice story. It's that heartwarming. That was a very good story. He took the cow carcass story. He introduced a heartwarming family of wolves to tear the flesh from the bones, and he cuddled with them, took some Facebook photos. I'm What I'm imagining is a Facebook photo where... Like the cow head is in the wolf's mouth, mm-hmm. and then like the cow's leg with the hoof at the bottom is hanging out of his mouth, and they're both smiling. That's cute. I don't know if wolves can technically smile, but they can do that thing where a dog's mouth is open and it kind of looks like it's smiling. Yeah, they have their tongue out. Yeah. That's like the dog smile. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, when something momentous happens to you, we ask you to call in and uh, let us know. Uh, in the immediate aftermath, or even as it is happening, it's a segment called <laughs> Momentous Occasions. Uh, let's go to the tape. Hi, Jordan Jesse. I'm calling with a momentous occasion. My name is Ashley, and I work at a public library. Today I was part of a focus group to try to pick a uniform, as our library right now just has a dress code of spiffy casual um, after two hours of arguing about why we can't wear a lariat, or not a lariat, sorry, a lanyard, which is basically a keychain around your neck because it's too fucking ugly, and that was my stance, um, somebody came up with the brilliant idea that we should wear bolo ties, the Western-style <laughs> shoelace with a toggle around your neck, and they should be clear. So... Um, it is a momentous occasion because we are going to be the only public library in the world where everybody wears clear plastic bolo ties, so you know we work there. Uh, my brain exploded. I'm so excited to get to wear the most ugly, bizarre uniform on the planet. Unbelievable. Yeah. They rejected lanyards, and they said... What's what's more what's more attractive than a lanyard and also better at distinguishing who works here? They came up with transparent bolo ties. <laughs> I guess yeah, and I guess you always have to just wear like a probably have a like a denim collared shirt on at all times too. Absolutely, or else it'll look weird. Although, you know, if Star Trek Four has taught us anything, it's the developments in transparent aluminum <laughs> technology. <laughs> Um, I was going to say, I have a, had a momentous occasion in a what library. No, oh. uh, It's a little bit of an old story. When I was eight years old, uh, no, maybe ten years old, we went to the, you know, my mom took us to the library like every two weeks, and I would go to the young adult section to peruse the great brain titles. <laughs> and uh, this... Uh, Anything new? <laughs> yeah. And then so uh, this guy comes up, and uh, I remember distinctly he's wearing like he looked vaguely maybe a little bit homeless just a little bit um and he's wearing this like neon green tank top and like matching neon green shorts and he's holding a newspaper over his waist (laughs) and he walks by me moves the newspaper and his penis is just hanging out and then he goes like oh sorry like almost like he bumped into me you know he's apologizing for it and then, uh, and then just kept walking. And I just thought to myself, oh, that poor guy, he's got a hole in his shorts. So when he goes out, he's just got to put <laughs> yeah, a newspaper over his right? crotch. And uh, for some reason, I thought of that recently. And it only occurred to me that that guy was exposing himself to me. <laughs> <laughs> but being, like, polite about it. Yeah. So you think that's just, like, that's, like, pre-flasher behavior? You know, yeah, I guess you have the, you know, the standard flash. You know, guy in a trench coat jumps out of the alley and 
screams and yells. So he's still, like, still working up his whole routine. Yeah, that was. I just, think this is an advanced flasher te- technology because he's got the neon green. It matches. Yeah, you see a guy ne- matching green clothes. You're, the last thing you're going to think is that he flashes people. Yeah, he's working on kids instead of grown women. Hmm. You know, this is advanced stuff. Yeah. He's in the young adult section, which I think is savvy. Right. Yeah. yeah, he's like, well, I'm not a perp. <laughs> I'm not about to go in the children. I'm not about to go in Mother Goose's story corner. <laughs> I'm going to go over by the Encyclopedia Browns. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, Go. This is Alyssa from Massachusetts. I am calling with a momentous occasion. Um, my friends and I were at the mall yesterday waiting by the elevators to leave, and when the elevator doors opened, there were three teenage boys sitting on the floor laughing hysterically. Uh, it was kind of weird, but we didn't think too much of it until we walked into the elevator after they had left, and it took us about three or four seconds to realize that we were trapped in a prison of farts. <laughs> a fart uh, these oh. boys had been riding the elevator. I want to I I take this back just, if I can, like a couple seconds. <laughs> Up and down, creating a tornado of smell into which. I thought I thought I could. I thought I knew how to do that. Oh, jog mode. How about that? Boys had been riding the elevator up and down, creating a tornado of smell. Oh wait. Okay. Here we go. Wait. I gotta go back a little bit more. Man, poor Max Hedrick. It took us about three or four seconds to realize that we were. Trapped in a prison of farts, a fart jail. Uh, these boys <laughs> had been riding the elevator up and down, yeah. creating a tornado of smell into which we walked blindly. Um, we thankfully were not in there too long. We escaped four or five seconds after we realized this, and um, the boys were still outside laughing. At which point, I told them what they did was quote not cool, but they just kind of laughed some more and ran away. The fact of the matter is that that was a very cool thing no, that they did. Cool. Man, those kids are on top of the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they built their own prison of farts, a fart jail. Yeah. Um, is she suggesting, and I, maybe this is maybe this is easier than I'm thinking it is, but is she suggesting that these boys synchronized their farts like they all farted at the same time do you it's think you could do like, that given the you know how um you know how they say that uh in so-called primitive societies women who live together will have their periods tend to synchronize sure um i think it's a similar thing here teenage boys farts <laughs> tend to synchronize mm, yeah. over time wouldn't you say well i mean we've all been farting this whole time <laughs> yeah we got our own little fart jail going. Yeah, and I hope I never get paroled. <laughs> I'm like the Hi, guy Jordan from the Shawshank This is Sarah M. in Chicago, Illinois, and I'm calling you from my wedding reception, and I just whipped out a power jam and danced to Ignition Remix with all of the closest friends, including my parents, and it was the time of my life, and I have to say... I didn't know Ignition Remix until I heard Jesse talking about whipping out a power jam, and I'm so thankful that it's part of my life now. I love the show. Thanks, guys. Bye. Look, I'm not just here to entertain you. I'm here to bring light to your lives. Yeah. Um, The people who are out there who had never listened to Ignition Remix, um, who had never even thought about 
I mean, look, she she had not heard Ignition Remix. Had she not heard Ignition Remix before her wedding, mm. um, not only would they not have had that awesome power jam to dance to, they also probably wouldn't have had something that I presume they had there at the wedding, which is food everywhere as if the party was catered. Um, this was, I, I mean, I have to really, I have to take this time to pat myself on the back. Um, literally, physically, sure. I, I'm doing yeah, it right don't throw now. throw your shoulder out. Um, because I, I feel like, you know, sometimes you see somebody, they're like an ER doctor or something. And they're like, well, at least I'm doing the Lord's work. Hey, fuck you, asshole. I'm yeah. doing the Lord's work. Get off your high horse. I'm bringing yeah. Ignition Remix, not the much, much worse original song. It was completely different, uh, but remix uh, to uh, to people who didn't even know about it before. It's like those people who give a laptop to a child in a third world country, or uh, you know, give mal- hand out malaria nets, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Sure, that's you. Doctors only save lives; you change them. Absolutely. Hi, I'm calling with a momentous occasion. This is Emily from San Francisco. Last night, I went bowling um, in the suburbs of San Francisco in Colma. Sarah Bowl. Jesse, I'm sure you're familiar with this place. Of course I am. Who isn't familiar with the Sarah Bowl? <laughs> um, and I was bowling. I was doing okay. And then at some point I was drinking and I realized that I couldn't bowl anymore. And I started uh, only having gutter balls. Um, and I realized that it was because I was too horny to function. And so I, I never thought of myself as the type of person who would do something like this. But I decided that what I needed to do was go into the locker room, the bathroom at this uh, bowling alley in the suburbs and um, fuck myself. And so I did. And then I came back and it was my turn and I got my first strike of the night followed by <laughs> two spares. Yes. Wow. What? <laughs> I hope this catalyzes a run of too horny to function stories. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, we had this amazing moment of shame that somebody called in, and I can't. I feel like I can't even talk about it on air because it was so vulgar. <sighs> but I thought that was nice because it's a nice lady calling in. Like clearly, she's a sweet lady, you know. Yeah. Like she wasn't some. She she it wasn't some uh, you know potty mouth seventeen year old boy. No, it was sweet. Yeah. It was about bowling. The, it was like a Buildings Roman story. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, the hero's journey <laughs> starts off in the peaceful village. Um, I, I, I have a few questions. Okay. Jordan lost it when he heard uh, this. <laughs> if only well, Jordan's monocle fell into his lap. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah, my, my suspenders uh, whipped up. Um, he dropped the pheasant that he'd been holding <laughs> on the tines of his silver fork. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, like, it, it, the thing is, like, it's, it's you're, you're bowling and you're drinking. Right. What? What's. What what's yeah, what happens, to, what happens to make you. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, it, was there something just a, about. I don't know. Where, I mean. You weren't. You guys aren't married, so you don't know about sometimes when the <sighs> here we go when the spice is missing from your bedroom life. Uh, you do something. You take a little time out to do something sexy uh, to get everybody in the mood and sort of reinvigorate the kind of sexual feeling yeah. in your relationship. So you'll you do you do something like uh, go to the Sarah Bowl. 
where my friend Tony McCauley bowled in a league uh, when we were in elementary school. Yeah, did he sure. jack off t- between frames? God, <laughs> <laughs> I have to go to the bathroom. Is that, again. A, <laughs> that the secret? Um, anyways, never. Yeah, let's. We can move on. It's a lovely. It's a lovely story, sure. Jordan. What it is is it's just like it's one of those things where. Um, you just hear you hear a story and you just know that's just heartwarming. That's sweet. That's um, that's the kind of thing that yeah. we're gonna make a movie of with a lot of soft focus. Sure, this yeah. is like the Marley and Me. Of that's calls. a Lifetime or Hallmark movie right there. Absolutely, this is a Marley and Me, but it has a happy ending. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, go. Uh, this is Dario from San Diego. Just wanting to say, uh, I just had a momentous occasion. Uh, I just out, I just asked out a girl I really like to prom, and she said yes. So right now I'm like relaxing on cloud nine. Uh, thanks, guys. Later. Hey, you know what, Dario? Congratulations, man. You know what? You earned this. Go in the bathroom of a bowling alley. <laughs> rub one out. <laughs> Man, yeah, I advise to skip the prom altogether. Go straight to the bowling yeah, alley. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, go in your separate bathrooms. <laughs> Masturbate. And then talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take you? <laughs> um, <laughs> along with, uh, along uh, with heartwarming stories like that one, we also share moments of shame on this program. Like I said, there was one that was just too vulgar for me to play on the air, but pretty shameful. And maybe maybe I'll write it out on the forum or something like that because it was pretty bad. But this one is nice because it's, it's sincerely shameful, but uh, in a charming way. Good afternoon, Jordan, Jesse, go. I have a moment of shame. This is Mark from Alexandria. Uh, I was just sitting in my office listening to some of your older podcasts, and during the opening uh, I had both my cat and dog sitting on my left and right. I pointed at each and said, Jordan, Jesse, go with my hand in the air, only to turn around and find my wife standing behind me. Uh, now, thoroughly emasculated, uh, I will be spending a lot more time with uh, my surrogate, Jordan and Jesse. I uh, just want to let you know. Thanks. Which one do you think was Jordan and which one do you think was Jesse? Uh, I want to be a different pet. I want to be... You want to be an iguana. Yeah, that'd be God, awesome. you can't stop talking about your fucking iguana. Sure. Man, oh, I, I taught him a fucking <laughs> trick. He shits in a bowl. <laughs> Whatever. He changes colors when he's on the wall. Yeah. Man, I hope his dog is a doghouse because he's about to join him in it. <laughs> Hello. Nice. Look out. We'll be back in just a second with more on Jordan Jessica. La, 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 la. Jordan Jesse Go, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Mm, Jordan Morris, boy detective. Big time Gene O'Neill. One of the best in the business. Big time Gene O'Neill. Yeah, right. Superstar podcaster, big time Gene O'Neill. The man more requested than any other Jordan Jesse Go guest of all time. The man with 10 years of microphone experience. The man who logs reality television shows <laughs> better than anyone and else in the world. And works at the Cat Hotel. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, the Cat Hotel. You were the Cat Hotel? Yeah, I talked about that last time, I think. <laughs> no, I don't think you did. Yeah, my job at the Cat Hotel. What? What, what, do, you, what do you do there? What do you do at the Cat Hotel? Concierge. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really working there right now, though. I got suspended. <laughs> uh, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of customers complained. <laughs> 
Um, well, the cats are coming out with bad self-esteem. <laughs> listen, uh, we got a couple of really awesome things coming up. Uh, on May 28th, which is this coming Friday, we are doing our Max Fun Marathon. It's the grand finale of the Max Fun Drive. Jordan and I will be broadcasting, streaming live audio and professionally produced video from our friend Elliot Hochberg of IndieHD.com. Uh, we'll be behind the cameras. Uh, eight hours of Jordan Jesse Go. Uh, it's going to be quite the extravaganza, mm. Jordan, from 4 p.m. to yeah. midnight Pacific time. Uh, I, I think people can stay stay up. Even on the East Coast, you can make it to 3 a.m., right? Sure. If you're, if you're a real man or woman, uh, pussy up, right? We're not supposed to say be a pussy supposed to be strong, right? Yeah. Pussy up. Yeah, and, uh, don't be such a penis. Yeah, don't be such yeah. a scrote. Uh, here's, I'm going to look over on this list and tell you about who's going to be on this fucking show. Are we, uh, are we like, can we say everybody or is it supposed to be like kind of a surprise? I mean, I decided we'd just say everybody, you okay. know, who gives a shit, right? Sure. Uh, Jimmy Pardo and Matt Belknap, uh, the Sklar brothers, uh, Sarah Thire, uh, the awesome Sarah Thire from, uh, Strangers with Candy, among other things, mm-hmm. uh, also an improv legend and her husband, a fellow you might've heard, heard of, uh, Mr. Andy Richter. Uh, Sir Greg Barrent, mm. uh, Paul Shear and Rob Hubel, uh, Jimmy Jimmy Dore and Steph Zambrano from uh, the Comedy and Everything Else podcast, uh, Edie McClurg from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, Clifford and Kid are going to bring be bringing us a uh, root beer tasting contest. Mm. Um, we've got Karen Kilgariff, one of our all time favorite guests from uh, Mister Show and uh, uh, other outlets. Scott Ackerman from Comedy Death Ray Radio is going to stop by. We've got uh, Super Ego from the Go Super Ego podcast, which is a, a great, a great uh, sketch comedy podcast uh, worth your time and time to listen to. Mike Schmidt from the Forty Year Old Boy, uh, Stephen Tobolowski, character actor Stephen Tobolowski, who you might know as uh, among his many other roles, uh, he is Bill Murray's insurance selling high school buddy from Groundhog Day. Uh, the one who's always yeah, Ned the him. Head, yeah. Ned Ryerson. <laughs> you got it, Ned Ryerson. Um, Man, uh, I bet he gets that all the time, and he loves it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has to just go inside a bowling alley bathroom with Jack off. <laughs> it happens. He's got he's got a great podcast called uh, The Tobolowski Files, where he just tells like these crazy stories from his life. As you would imagine. Specifically from Groundhog Day. Specifically yeah. <laughs> from Groundhog Day. Day four <laughs> of my five-day shoot. <laughs> And uh, a very, uh, very special Craft guest. services <laughs> was very kind. We've got uh, our friend Eugene O'Neill will be there from uh, uh, the Jordan Jesse Go podcast and The Sound of Young America certain circa 2002. I'll be stopping by. He'll stop by for a few laughs. And flying in from the great state of Canada, Dave Country. Shumka. Country. Dave Shumka. Sure. Oh, excuse me. Flying in from the great state of country, <laughs> Dave <you>. Shumka. <laughs> now that's fun. That's yeah. a fun that's a fun little gag we just put together. That was a lot of fun. Um Dave Shumka will be sitting in with us the entire time. He will be in charge of I don't know, have you guys seen the marriage ref? Oh sure. Yeah. Uh, who hasn't seen the marriage ref, right? Yeah. Uh by know, seen it I mean I know of it. You know how there's <laughs> the, on the marriage ref, there's like a lady from the morning news team. Who sits over there, and then they're arguing about like uh, 
you know, they're arguing about ta- who takes out the trash, and then they cut to her, and she gives some cool facts about trash. Sure. Um, he of will which be, there are many. He will be filling that role. Um, uh, he'll be uh, chiming into the conversation, uh, keeping an eye on the chat room. Uh, there, of course, will be a live chat going on the whole time. Mm-hmm. And uh, filling us in on what's going on in the chat room. He will uh, be uh, letting us know how many donors are donating, since mm-hmm. it is, after all, a Max Fund Drive donation event. Um, and he'll just generally be being one of the funniest guys around, uh, just like he is on the Stop Podcasting Yourself. Sure. Um, so it should be a blast. Just go to MaximumFun.org, uh, or if you're in Los Angeles, right now their reservations are sold out. Uh, there were, we, we gave out a certain number of reg- reservations. Uh, those people will get priority entrance to the event. Uh, however, it's a pretty big place. Uh, there's a lot of room. Uh, come to the show, uh, and I think we'll be able to fit you in um, if you're in Los Angeles. Uh, uh, and if we could may offer one recommendation, Jordan, and that is if you happen to have a chair, you can bring a chair because we don't know how many chairs there's going to be. BYO If chair. you have a reservation, you're fine for a chair. Uh, as long as you show up at the beginning. But uh, if you don't show up at the beginning, we're not sure how many chairs there's going to be beyond the number of reservations. So there's going to be plenty of room, but we don't know how many chairs there's going to be. Yeah. So, uh, you know, come by, enjoy yourself, stop by after work, uh, pop in. It only costs five bucks. Uh, I'm going to buy everybody pizza. Um, we've got some leftover Shiraz from uh, from Max Funcon, so it'll be the we've bo- got some of the box variety. Yes, we've got some leftover Shiraz from the inaugural Blimp Flight. <laughs> um, it's all it all goes down Friday, May twenty eighth, from four p.m. to midnight. Um, I would like to uh, say one thing. I, I mentioned that I um, I mentioned that I screened calls for four hours yesterday. Sure. Um, we took a lot of calls, and uh, there's this one category of calls that I usually call heartfelt. Uh, this is a kind of call that we some, we don't usually we don't usually play on the air because it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't. It's not something we want to make fun of necessarily. <laughs> And uh, and it's also just you know why would we want to toot our own horn on the air? But we got some we got some really sweet calls. So I want to thank the people who who called in to tell us about how you know important what we do is uh, to them. And um, especially uh, we got a call from a gentleman named Jack who was in a real tough situation. And uh, uh, we're thinking about you, Bud. And um, we got a call from a young lady who didn't give us a name who was uh, uh, taking care of her great grandmother and uh, said some really kind kind things about uh, what we do. So. Uh, our thanks to her, and and we're thinking of you too. Um, and uh, finally, I don't know what the fuck you're waiting for, uh, Jordan. If you could implement the catchphrase. <clears throat> ah! Oh! Do you want to try no, the tip of the tongue, the teeth, and the York. lips? <laughs> Get off your duff. Maximumfund.org slash donate. There's no more excuses. There's no more time to do this. Go to fucking MaximumFund.org slash donate. If you believe in independent media, if this is something that you actually like, if you enjoy listening to our show, make a donation. Fucking famous people are giving us donations. Sure. Our, our colleagues are giving us donations. People that we admire. Look, we got, a, we got a donation from our friend Tom Sharpling from the best show on WFMU. Our thanks to Tom Sharpling from the best show on WFMU. Kurt Explodo Anderson signed up wow. for a donation. That guy's so fucking classy. Uh, he's having he's probably having uh, brunch with Gore Vidal right now. That's what <laughs> yeah. and he's and he took the time out to go to maximumfund.org slash donate. 
These good people are donating to support this program, and uh, frankly, you should too. If you're unemployed, if you live in a second or third world nation, you're off the hook. If you're not, you are not off the hook. You are not off the hook. We are supported by your donations. I don't know how to make it any clearer than that. If you think we're supported by the money that I get from public radio stations for the Sound of Young America or something, or you think that we're you know frittering away your money on uh, niceties like an actual studio to record in or um, an engineer or someone so that I don't have to spend four hours screening the calls on my Saturday afternoon – uh, you're wrong. We're we're running a lean operation. All we're asking for you to do is support it. Jordan, you got anything to add on this front? Uh, yeah, no, thanks. I I I, I enjoy doing this, and this is is you know this definitely falls under like the hobby category for me, and uh, it just gives me a little little bit of cash each month to do it, which I uh, for which I am grateful. Uh, I you know I I would do it for free, but it's definitely uh, <laughs> but no, <not> but, really. <laughs> but 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 don't. Um, but yeah, but um, but it's nice. And as somebody who I I didn't grow up, uh, you know, in like a public radio or PBS house, so definitely I know I know the feeling of like I just assume that the things that I like make money because they exist. You know, like oh, I because I'm it's because good, I'm good, it makes money because I'm ingesting something, it makes money. But uh, you know, uh, these days it doesn't necessarily. And uh, yeah, and I and I think that um, you know. It's it's even kind of a good feeling knowing that like, you know, like if you if you enjoy if you enjoy Thirty Rock, you, you know, you could go out and buy a Subway sandwich because you know it it you know is you know because they buy commercials on Thirty Rock, uh, but it just makes infinitely more difference to uh, to Maximum Fun to donate and you know use that use that same idea because it just it, it it definitely makes a huge difference uh, and uh, each each donation is totally appreciated individually so do it can i just say that i love doing this show uh in the you know modest facilities and all but um i wouldn't mind getting a calistoga and uh maybe a cushion <laughs> a soft cushion to sit on hey that's not show. a that's not a that's not a uh not not a too big request yeah. gene i don't want to uh, look i i don't want i don't want to uh I don't want to put you out there too much, but uh, Gene O'Neill comes in here. He's got a real job. He's a working man. Uh, he's he's climbing his way up the Hollywood ladder. He likes to sleep during the day. <laughs> he comes when in he here. Can. He comes in here and works. You know, lends his prodigious talents to our program. Um, you know, unlike me and Jordan, he doesn't get paid to do it. Uh, Gene is also a donor to Maximum Fun. Gene That's true. Fucking stood the fuck up and uh, donated, and uh, you know I I donate to the things that I like too. You know, uh, Tom from the Best Show uh, is is kind enough to donate to our show, and I always make sure and give some money to uh, uh, to give some money to FMU. You know, like the the thing of it the, the thing of it is that um we really are truly supported by the people who care what we do and we're you know we're not supported by selling you know Jordan Jesse go themed homies figurines in uh <laughs> lord knows we tried <laughs> God, you lost, do not want those <laughs> we lost so much money on those Jordan Jesse we hired the real guy from homies yeah. to scrap to craft our homies figurines do you think that means anything to people who don't live in like Los Angeles, San Antonio? Yeah, you also paid San Pepsi Francisco. to model a cool can after you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
MaximumFun.org slash donate. Uh, Jordan, I don't mean to pressure you, but if you have one more in you, uh, one more utilization of the magic words that will drive people to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, I'll need my assistant to come put my cape over me after I say it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, get off your duff. We'll talk to you on uh, Friday, May 28th from 4 p.m. to midnight. Christ, that's going to be horrible. I suggest that you not not watch that because it is we are just going to get progressively more insane. Yeah, I think what? How many hours do you think I've gotten me? Maybe two hours, three hours before the madness starts to creep in, if that. Before and- you become too horny to function. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, is there a bowling alley near the comic book store? <laughs> we'll see you later on Jordan Jesse Go. Oh, <laughs>